Hello, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast where we talk about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of tangent-based, off-topic discussions, except for today, which is mostly on-topic. But joining me today is, again, Blake Weiland, who is the host of The Tone Mob, it's a different podcast, where interviews a variety of artists, creators, and gear builders. Today, we discuss uh, the BF2, Boss BF2 Flanger, whether it's supposed to be used at 9 volts or 12 volts. Apparently, this is a thing on on, uh, on the internets, I suppose. And uh, we also talk about our gear groups dying, uh, mostly relating to Facebook and, of course, forums, but mostly Facebook. It seems like it's dying. And then lastly, we talk about, uh, is there really such a thing as selling out? Or, uh, you know, is the, re- is the refusal of selling out, in quotations, just something that's driven by, uh, you know, Maybe one's ego. I don't know. So let's jump into it. You've lost that love and feeling. No? You're not going to join me? <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> I, um, I, you know, there's several things that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And uh, singing is not really one of those. I mean, I can get by with some background vocals with a lot of reverb, you know, maybe some pitch correction. But other than that, um, hmm. Wish you could. I, that's but what really, I need is not, lots of pitch, pitch correction. That's what I need. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've always, you know, I know there is like real time pitch correction, but I never have thought it worked very well. You ever mess with it? Um, not really. It's, um, I, I've definitely done it, you know, in, in uh, post, but I've, I've never done it in real time. I mean, I've done, I guess, pitch correction on my guitars with a whammy pedal, but I don't think that's quite, that's more like pitch incorrection or pitch destruction. Yeah, like, I think, I know there's some, maybe Digitech made some, or there's some, like, vocal effects, right? Just, you know, pedals for the vocalist. Um, what is the one I'm thinking of? Like the, uh, oh, like the, uh, did they have one? Oh, wait, am I getting that mixed up? Yeah, I am. No, they had one called like the Mike Mechanic or something like that, or somebody does. That sounds right. I think that sounds right. Yeah, and um, I don't know if it's that one specifically, but there's been several that I've messed with because I thought, oh, it can do pitch correction, and it, I don't know, it, it didn't didn't seem like it did quite as well as my doll does. You so, know, so you didn't sound quite like T Pain. Mm, couldn't get quite get the T Pain thing exactly. You mm. know. I think we've talked but, about I don't this know, but before. This is, oh, sorry. We, we probably have. Yeah, I mean, this has been several years ago, so I haven't tried anything anything really, really new. So I could be totally wrong. I've been actually looking, I've been really studying a lot of mastering techniques, mastering and mixing techniques oh, yeah? on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know next to nothing about mastering. I know the gist of what it's supposed to do. And like I know what it sounds like when you get back a really nice mastered copy of something, but I don't actually know what kind of mystical voodoo they're doing back there. Well, I I really don't either. That's why that's one of the things I've been studying though, just so I would know more. And then the and the more I got into it, the more I realized that as guitar players, we're really using compression wrong, completely using compression wrong, totally. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for for class. Uh, I don't. Well, see, the, the problem with this, with actually putting that out there, is that I have an idea for a product to fix that, and I don't want to spill the beans yet. Oh, look at you. You know. Hmm. Well, fine. But I would, I would, I would say, that, 
I, I, I would say that, I mean, other than getting the effect of the squashed effect, right? And yes, you can you get the leveling stuff, and that, that's all fine and dandy. But the way that you use compression when you're mastering something, totally different than how we use it as guitar players. Well, not totally different, quite a bit different. I mean, yes, you are bringing up levels and stuff, but there's other things that you're looking for that the compressors do that we're, as guitar players, we're not using that. Right. We're just looking for, basically, we're just kind of adjusting our attack and sustain for the most part. Pretty much. And there's, there's so much more you can do with compressors. There's so much more. And uh, I didn't realize, I re- honestly didn't realize it until I started really digging deep into uh, some of this stuff. So um, I've, there's one channel that's my favorite called, Produ- I think it's called Produce Like a Pro. Oh, I've heard so of that before. Hurt, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, fantastic channel. Fantastic channel. Uh, so yeah, if you get, if you get bored ever, just like, you know, you're home all weekend long and you're like, you know what I need to do? Watch like 10,000 hours about mastering. Mm-hmm. That's the channel to watch. All right. So, well, there's a good chance that I may find show. myself in that situation. That's not really outside of the <laughs> realm of possibility, all things considered. So, thanks. So, yeah, uh, at this point, my wife is, um, she's pretty tired of me watching <laughs> videos about mastery. <laughs> she's like, you're just watching the same thing over and over. And I'm like, not really. This is a little bit different, see, because now they're talking about R&B instead of rock. <laughs> <laughs> the cue is totally different. Uh, the cue, the cue. You yeah. gotta adjust the cue. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that's um, that's my, that's been my new passion this week is ma- you know researching, mastering, learning right. how to mix better. Um, been doing a lot of digging into preamps. I've, I've actually thought about building my own preamp, like a uh, like know? a mic pre. I'm, like I'm sorry, recording? a mi- mic preamp. Yeah, like a mic preamp. Interesting. Yeah. Just for kicks? Uh for I mean to use obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean for 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 the fun of it cuz I I you know like like messing around with stuff like that of course mm-hmm. or else I wouldn't be doing this for a living. Uh but the other thing is I mean there's a lot of um there's a lot of products that are really really expensive and you can build you can pretty much build the same thing for a lot cheaper. No, it's not as cheap as pedals. It's not like fifty bucks because there's there are some parts that are really expensive, like the transformers, for example, and, and some things are really expensive transformers. So you know there is some really valid reasons why some of that stuff is so high priced. But on the things that are driven by the market, I mean, like the Klon is a perfect example. Uh, you can you can get a great Klon clone for much cheaper, right? What what I mean, I forget what's the what's the newest Chinese version of that called. Oh, um, I can't remember. N- not I the, can't remember, but yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But but anyways, there's you know there's a, there's an expensive version of it that I I haven't played it, so I can't tell you if it sounds great or not. But I mean, and you can build your own now. There's kits out there to build your own, and there are still people buying the actual Klon. You know, um, I I just I would rather build one myself. Got ya. You know? Got ya. Same kind of idea. I would rather... Yeah, I mean, I would rather do that than buy like a... I mean, because you can also buy, just like the pedal market, there's also cheap clones out on the market. And uh, like in that situation, I mean, there there is some things that you aren't getting. Like you aren't getting the awesome transformers and you aren't getting probably the best absolute signal path. And you... I mean, there's, there's just different variables involved that... 
when you're making a, a cheaper version of it, you may not be getting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Plus, I can also do some tweaking because I, I like tweaking. I like tweaking things, Blake. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but oh, um, I like putting switches on things and knobs on things. I've noticed that a time or two. There's a couple couple pedals you have that have one or two additional features. You know, I, yeah, I've, th- I've thought about putting a switch on a pedal before. Thought about it. <laughs> Thoughts crossed your mind. <laughs> it's crossed my mind. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, how many how many mic pre's are you just wanting to do this just to hear what they sound like, or are you like, I need some more mic pre's? I'm really for use. Yeah, it's, it's more more or less for use. So I, I don't have any intention on selling or anything like that. Um, but I'd, I'd like to build something like that for my for my own use. Mm-hmm. I don't well, I don't really know how many. I mean, I know there's a lot of different ones that sound different. Um, but to be honest, like the, the way that I use audio is with YouTube primarily, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, Everyone gets so caught up on different on different ways to manipulate audio, only to give it to YouTube and watch them totally break everything <laughs> that you did. Just destroy everything. <laughs> just destroy everything. It all sounds like crap. Um, I mean, not really, but kind of so. So I don't know. I, uh, I I I guess I don't sweat that much over, you know, whether I'm using. Uh, an abs, you know, an actual old 1176 uh, compressor or something, you know, rack mount compressor mm-hmm. versus um, if I just built one myself. You know, because I mean, the circuit's not that complicated. It's a, that's one of those iconic designs. But yeah, you try to get a, a real 1176 compressor, you're going to be shelling out some, shelling out some coin there. It's not that they don't right. give those things away. Yeah, there's, 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 Good demand for, and it's a great sounding compressor, especially whenever you're using it at the front, you know, like a, interfacing with a mic in a way. Because mm-hmm. yes, it is compressing, but it's also doing some preamp stuff, um, fl- flavoring. Let's call it flavoring. It's flavoring things in a cool way. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, without without giving too much away, I'll leave that right right there. All right, I won't ask any more questions right. about it then. Yeah. What else yeah, is happening? I don't wanna, don't wanna say too much. Um well apparently uh apparently there's some BF two BF as in flanger. Um Yeah, there's some problems, questions. Well about yeah, nine there's bolts. some there's some scuttlebutt. Uh I, I haven't revisited Instagram in the last thirty minutes to see if anybody else has chimed in, but I posted a picture on Instagram just before we started, just by just by chance, that was just a couple of boss pedals and you know, a lot of people who listen to Tone Mob might recognize I've started asking people what their favorite boss pedal is at the end of, of the episode. And so I just wanted to know what the Instagram's thought was. And that kind of led into a conversation where a guy suggested that he had heard or he didn't suggest he asked um, that he had he had heard that the BF2 or the boss flangers, as he said, uh, don't work at their what? How do you phrase it? That they aren't at their best at nine volts or at only nine volts. Um, and then there was some, somebody else that chimed in that said they thought it was with a battery that it worked better. And I was kind of scratching my head because I've only ran this thing at nine volts and it sounds awesome. And I've never heard of a flanger requiring or not requiring, but sounding better with a battery. I've heard like vintage, 
vintage fuzzes sound better with, you know, kind of a dying battery to some people in some situations. And I totally understand that, but I don't really get the flanger. I don't know if you could shine any light on that. I think really it would, if I had to guess, that's probably started by a person who has an ACA type adapter and a PSA type adapter. I think that's the two boss types, right? ACA and PSA. I think so. Yeah, I think so. One being basically a 12 volt adapter and the other one being a nine volt adapter. Um, on the 12 volt version of that, the circuitry of the actual boss pedals would limit it. So it would only see nine volts. And then boss started changing the way they did things years ago and had nine volt adapters. And so they didn't need that stuff. So what would happen is if you had the old ACA, uh, type, I think that's what it's called. For some reason it's my mind's blanking. I think it's called ACA adapters. Uh, but anyways, if you plugged a nine volt into that pedal, well, it would limit the current. It would limit the voltage, right? Mm-hmm. So, as such, you effectively would be using, you know, like six or seven volts. And yeah, it's not going to work right whenever you. It's like using it with a dead battery, right? Um, so yeah, it wouldn't work right in that instance. But as long as it's made for, like, it's made for the nine volt adapter or name, made for the nine volt voltage, and you're running the uh, corrected adapter with it, it's going to work just fine. Nine okay. volts going to sound just as good as twelve. That is that actually makes a ton of sense. So what where that probably that confusion probably came from was with the t- old twelve volt one. Somebody probably plugged a nine volt into it and it was like, "This isn't working. This doesn't sound right." Right. You know. If I had to, if I had to guess, that's what's going on. Because um, I promise you, the BF two sounds very good with nine volts whenever you're using it with the with the newer style adapter, and it's made for that newer style adapter. I using the PSA version. Yes. Nine volts. Okay. Well, that's what I have. And I've always thought that the BF two sounded phenomenal. This is a, you know, this is an older one, but yeah, it's the nine volt version. And I'm like, man, this thing sounds great. It's one of my favorite boss pedals. Uh, So I was kind of surprised to see that, that pop up. But now this, this totally makes sense now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, as guitar players, so, so many people get caught up in the, and the idea that we need to give more voltage to everything as possible. Mm-hmm. So like I, so I really try to, I try to correct, not correct that like as in don't ever do that, but correct it as in saying some of it's like, you might be a little bit louder, but it's not going to give you a better tone. It's not going to give you a better anything. It's going to give you maybe some, maybe something a little different. In fact, there's, um, there's pedals that we have that you can run 18 volts to it. And it's just going to ignore it and use nine volts. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you can run whatever. What I mean, fine, eighteen, twelve, sixteen, whatever. Run whatever. It's going to use nine volts. But um, not all of them. Don't plug in anything not, if it if it doesn't. Yeah, stay. not all of them. <laughs> but but I mean, but that's there because one, people do make mistakes and they plug in the wrong adapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and two. It's designed, like, we designed that to be at 9 volts. That's where it sounds best at. If you do more, then you could make the clean louder, and it wouldn't be at unity. Like, you could screw some things up. You know what I mean? Not not break it, but make it not sound like it was intended. Yeah. So, you can break some things, though. Well, I don't know about, you can. I don't know about Wamplers, yeah. but I've definitely experienced some people plugging in the wrong power supply and popping things, so. You can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... You know, m- most most circuits with a charge pump, you don't you you don't really want to run a higher voltage to it. It's already and doing I, that for I, you. I did a yeah. I mean, I, I did a silly video on that with a couple old tumnuses a while back. But 
where we basically blew them up with a bunch of fireworks. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not quite that dramatic, but it, it was funny reading the comments. People, people were like... <laughs> really, like some people were believing that that's what happens whenever you plug in 18 volts into a pedal that only takes nine volts, you know? And I'm like, no, we had, we had like aerial, I don't even know what you would call it. I, fireworks that were made to go in the air and explode. We had packed those inside of a pedal with long fuses. <laughs> Just packing By the way, I also call that, I also call that video how to spend $2,000 on new lenses. That's what, also what I call That's that. That's right. That I forgot because you, you had texted me <laughs> after you'd filmed it. I totally forgot about that. And you're like, well, <laughs> learned, learned something about lenses. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks next to lenses do not work well together. Now, maybe you want to clarify because you didn't melt the lens, right? It was just because it was so bright or maybe I'm misremembering. No, so so little little particles from the firework hit the lens and oh. melted in, actually melted into the lens. Yeah, totally ruined them. I wonder if you could use that, that for any, like obviously the lens is kind of useless for its intended purpose, but I wonder if you could use that as any kind of cool like effect, a video effect or something now where it's like a novelty lens. It's an expensive way to get a novelty <laughs> lens, but... Trying to trying to find a silver lining here. It's um, you ever wore or like really dirty glasses? Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. Okay, <laughs> it's like viewing so no. everything through really dirty glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you learned that episode or that episode. At least you learned that lesson, so that you know we don't have to. Right. We yeah. all appreciate that. So, uh, and I was I was looking at Facebook. While uh, to kind of segue a little different area here, but I was looking at Facebook before we got on here, and I'm noticing that it's just not exciting anymore. Not not that it ever was like completely exciting, but it seems like it feel it feels like people are are leaving and not as nearly as uh, engaged as they once were on face on Facebook gear groups is what I'm talking about. Does it feel that way to you? I I think I mean, let's see how do how do I how do I explain this? I think that people are a little bit tired of Facebook in general. At least people who maybe were heavily using it a year and a half, two years ago. Whoops, just dropped my pick. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. Uh, <laughs> and so I think I think maybe people are just checking in less often. You know, maybe they've uh, jumped off to more other platforms. You know. By the same token, I'm seeing more and more on Instagram all the time, um, which obviously is okay with me because that's my favorite platform. But um, yeah, the 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 engagement overall in just maybe not engagement. Like I, if I look at my numbers, you know, because the group, if you have a Facebook group, you can kind of see you, they, they give you numbers. A lot of people may not know that. They just tell you like you've gained this many members. You're you know, you had this many comments, blah, 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 blah. Those are all still looking about the same for me, but I feel like overall engagement is just down a little bit. Like maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's just a weird feeling that I have and it's not entirely accurate, but it, it feels like I'm not seeing as much chatter just kind of in general, not, not on Wampler, not on Tone Mob, just across the board. It seems like that's, those communities are starting to pull back a little bit and I'm not, I, I could be wrong, but it feels that way to me. It kind of feels like 
whenever gear groups became popular, like on Facebook and, and such, it feels like what the forums felt like at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, like when everybody, well, not everyone, but when people started kind of moving away from forums onto social platforms, that's what it reminds me of is like the forums if you stayed behind. Yeah, yeah, and it makes me wonder where people are going to have these conversations. I know for a fact that some people are moving over to Discord, um, which was... Discord, huh? Yeah, Discord, which is, you know, originally kind of more intended for gamers. Uh, I've explored it a little bit. It's pretty cool. It's it's funny, though, to me, because it's very much, a, in my opinion, you know, keep in mind, I'm not a gamer, so uh, this is all kind of new to me, but Discord feels very much old school internet. Like... It's it's still kind of like things are threaded out in a way that looks very kind of old um, mm-hmm. and old, but new at the same time. I, and now I say this, I've only been on it on my phone. So it, it, I was just like, wow, this is kind of like kind of like forums back in the day. It's just it's just weird how people migrate around to different things. And and we're always trying to, you know, find where we can talk to gear nerds about gear. So <laughs> we're always tracking down the gear nerds. Um, right. I mean, there there is Reddit, but Reddit seems to be quite a bit different than like the Facebook gear groups. I think Just Reddit different, is different types of topics. It's also I think Reddit is kind of I could be wrong, but I feel like at least in guitar stuff, it's kind of capped. Like I don't I don't feel like it's growing that much more than when it first initially you know, when that became like when our guitar pedals became a thing. I don't feel like it's just growing by leaps and bounds. Granted, I'm not paying that much attention to it, so I could be completely wrong about that but just a thought yeah i don't i mean a lot of the other social platforms there aren't really groups like instagram for example there's not really groups there's pages you know but mm-hmm. it's not really the best place to get an argument about someone whether true bypass is better or not <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah if facebook goes away what, where are we going to argue about that <laughs> i mean I, i've got to be mad at somebody who am i going to yell at now online mm-hmm. you know yeah. Uh, Over on the internet mm-hmm. while I'm surfing the web. That That's my old man talk. Yeah. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, I certainly don't think they're, they're dying or, or hurting or anything like that. It just, it's just kind of a, I don't know. Maybe it also could be this, Brian, we're coming up to the holidays. Maybe people just are busy. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's felt like this for a while though. To me anyways, like I, I keep I, I don't really go on Facebook and do anything personal. Like I'm I'm not one to complain about politics or anything like that in a public place like that. So I just pretty much use Facebook as uh, you know talking talking and listening to other people that are t- discussing guitar gear, right? Mm-hmm. Or finding out you know about the newest piece of something that just came out and. Um, I don't know, man. It just maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting old. You know, that's Could entirely be. possible. It's, we it's are, possible. you know, I'm just, we we are getting up there in the in the in the elder generation of our uh, of our uh, prospective <laughs> generations. I guess. What are you technically Gen X, and I'm a millennial? Is that how that works? I think so. Yes, I'm yep, definitely in the older end of millennials. So. I don't know how what years Gen X lies in. Are you in the older end of Gen X? I don't. You're in the younger end of Gen X, aren't you? I am not sure. I was born in the mid seventies, so whatever that makes me. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> yeah, you're kind of you're you're on the later end of of Gen X. I think technically. I think there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> Could be, 
But I mean, that whole Gen X millennial thing, like that always drove me crazy because it was, it was completely stereotyping someone just based on age, of course. Okay, and boomer. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was there. I had to, I had to, I'm sorry. Oh. But you're right. You're hundred percent right. Because I never fit into the, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some things I do are extremely, extremely stereotypical, such as, you know, a guy like me having a podcast. That's kind of, yeah, that's, of course you do (laughs) type of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I'm in my mid forties, right? So Mm -hmm. my my neighbors are in their, I think they're like 30 or 31. They're young, young, you know, a bit younger than I am. And <laughs> so I'm going to say this on a podcast because it's just me and you, right? No one else is listening. No one's hearing it. Yeah. Right. Right. So I love them to death. Super great. I'm great friends with them. Super, super great people. But they, <laughs> they were talking about CD-ROMs and like looking for their CD-ROM. And I was like, um, computers don't always come with CD-ROMs now. <laughs> and, and they were like, well, how how do you get programs like new programs on your computer? Oh. <laughs> I was explaining you down you download them. You don't we don't really need CD ROMs anymore. <laughs> so and then and then a the secondary thing we were talking about they have a hot tub. And I was talking they were wanting to put like this door that flips down. That way you could like set your drink on there while you're in the hot tub, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know me, I got super nerdy. I'm like, oh yes, I got an idea. We can put some servos on there and connect Arduino to it. And I you can use your app on your phone and be like, Hey Siri, drop the table down. And you know, I so you, we can write some code. And they looked at me, they're like, What is an Arduino? What what are you even talking about? Like we were just and gonna my put wife, a hinge on a two by four, but okay. <laughs> my wife was like, Brian, you're being a nerd now. You're, you're being a nerd. <laughs> I was getting excited because I'm like, oh, here's a cool project I can dig into, you know? <laughs> well, well, you'll like this because this is, this is you, you, our brains are kind of similar in this way. So I was, the, the last thought I had before I was going to sleep was I would really like to be able to have like a table set up out here in the shred shed that, with mics and stuff on it kind of permanently all the time. So that if anybody shows up like, hey, let's podcast and I don't have to set everything up and we can kind of just have a nice relaxed space. The problem is I don't I don't really have the space for it without taking up like space to play guitar and play music, which is the whole point of the area. And I was like, well, maybe I can rig a platform from the ceiling that can I can use a, a motorized crank and just like drop it all down and lift it up. And, and, and like the last thought that was the last thought I had before bed. And then I was just like. Wow, you really got to overcomplicate things, don't you? Just with everything. You just got to make things way more difficult than they need to be. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. You have a great idea there. Now, we can we can attach, um, you know, Arduino or Raspberry Pi or some, something something like that mm-hmm. that's going to run a, some sort of program, some sort of code, and attach some motors or some servos to it. Mm-hmm. And now we can motorize the whole thing directly just from an app on our phone. Yeah. Or just directly, you know, using Siri. That's what I want. I want to go to that much. Yeah, that's exactly know. what I need. I need that for some reason. You know, we could be like, Alexa, drop the mic table. That's, you know? <laughs> Lower it down. We got some podcasting to do. <laughs> oh, side, side kind of note. Oh. Uh, I, I have something I, I wanted to bring up since since we haven't got to talk about this on the podcast yet. Or maybe we have and I've totally forgot. If I have, you can stop me. But um Stop. Ha- okay. 
<laughs> All right. Buffered no, bypass kidding. it is. Okay. We'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, no, what were you going to say? Well, so uh, had some had an interesting experience last week, uh, and I know you've had this kind of similarly thing similar thing happen here recently. Uh, Reverb came by, and they were they were shooting some footage for a upcoming uh, movie they're making. Yes, I yep. think we did talk Can't about that, that like like briefly, but they actually did come by and and shoot a little segment with me and shoot a segment with the Jack Deville uh, from Mister Black. Oh, that's right, Jack was there, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it was uh it was a really fun time. I think it's going to be really good. It's supposed to come out in 2020, they told me. We we can actually start saying that now. That's what they they gave me permission that's to say good. that. So I wondered when it was coming out cuz that's going to be fantastic. They told me they have 75 hours of footage to come through for this thing. And that was before wow. they filmed our segment. And and I know they were going to film <laughs> with Andy and a few other Portland folks while they were here. And they were going to film some stuff at Nam, so who knows where Nam again? That's that's where I did my interview. Was at Nam? It had to be two years ago. Oh, was it? Oh, it was two really? Years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think the, not. Not this past Nam, but the Nam before. I think they said this last. They might have a few other spots they're going to go, but I think they said that that Nam was going to be one of their last filming sessions this this upcoming Nam. So. Should be, uh, I, can't, I, mean, I don't know how I can't they're going to cut 75 hours down into two hours, but uh, I guess that's why I don't make movies. <laughs> My interview would be like, you know, it, instead of being 45 minutes, it'd be like 15 seconds. And it'd be, it'd be edited together where I say something completely even more stupid than what I probably did say. <laughs> that's what I said. I said, like, you're not going to make me sound like even dumber, are you? Like, that could be, <laughs> that could be a real problem. Um, it'd be like, it'll be me going, and I think this is the death of guitar pedals. And I'm like, wait, wait, that was two totally different questions. Wait, what I are didn't you doing? Say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, if there's one thing that I hate the most, it's Robert Keeley. Wait, I didn't say that. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> oh, exactly. It just, this is the whole thing was just an elaborate ruse to set us up for deep fakes. That's all it was. Oh, oh, it totally, yeah, it's totally a deep fake. <laughs> but it was cool I didn't what I one thing I didn't know that uh, I knew there was a bunch of obviously pedal builders in this movie but I seen on their Instagram page they got Dweezil Zappa in it too which I thought was pretty cool I yeah mean, that's I, I'm like what else have you guys got up your sleeve that I I didn't know so I'm pretty excited about it I I, I was excited about it when they told me about it at NAMM and just as a viewer I'm such a nerd about this stuff I'm like I can't wait to see what they do <laughs> I know I'm thinking I wonder if they'll send me like all the footage just to just to watch you know <laughs> 75 hours of just raw interview footage that'd be great I, yeah. I would actually watch that on Netflix I think you know, it could just, be just interesting a, just a series I'm sure so. they'll do something with it all that I mean they're a content machine right they're, they're not gonna waste all that footage they're gonna use it for something I bet if it doesn't make the movie I bet they'll 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 clip it together for a I don't know I can't imagine them putting in that much work and not utilizing it later. I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, I've never made a movie, so I don't know. I don't know if that is normal, paring it down from 75 hours to, you know, one. That's actually probably not so, that I mean, big I mean, you know, in comparison to like a big blockbuster production. Probably thousands of hours or, of footage. Or documentary of some sort. I've, n I've never made a documentary. 
but mostly because I'm not very good at that sort of thing. I would make a documentary, but it'd probably be about coffee or goats or something. Wow, you read my mind. I was going to say about goats. So there you go. <laughs> oh, nice. man. But, so uh, I've been thinking about something for the, for the past few weeks, Blake. Oh, go ahead. Tell me more. So, you know how there are, uh, there are artists that do really well, super well, you know, have hit after hit or after hit, and then there's the opposite end, the artists who um, put out a lot of albums, but, you know, you look at their Spotify and they've got like four listens, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us musicians tend to look at things like, well, I can't. I don't want to stereotype, but I, I I know some musicians look at it as if the ones selling the most have sold out, and um, and that got me thinking that you know I, I see some of that with those who build pedals too, whether they're uh, you know more of a hobbyist or whether they're a small company, and it's not across the board, you know. But I do see that some people feel that um, you know like. I don't know. Let me think of a big... I, I probably should name names. But bigger companies you've heard ha, heard of quite a bit, maybe that they've sold out, in quotation marks, you know, in order to get popular. Yeah, that's that's and, an interesting... Um, that's an interesting topic. And as a uh, as somebody who, you know, as we've talked about before, came up in the punk rock world, it's something that got thrown around all the time and i even accused people of as a teenager oh they're sellouts but like i mean at the end of the day selling out is only selling out in the purest sense in my opinion is if you're compromising like your personal morals or your personal feelings uh on something in order to make some cash like that's selling out but as as long as it's like as long as the relationship is i'm speaking kind of from a a uh, artist perspective, I guess at this point, as long as you know, the relationships you develop with companies or brands or whatever are genuine and truly like beneficial kind of going both ways and everyone's happy. That's not selling out in my opinion. That's just being smart in your career and making good choices. Like, you know, I think, you know, if a guitar company was like here, this guitar is terrible, Mr. Artist man, but we, we know you can sell them. So, here's a hundred grand to sell these for us. And you did it. That would be a sellout. But if it was a great guitar and you really believed in it, then everything's fine. In my opinion, what do you think? Well, I, uh, it started because I was talking to someone who I've known for years, used to play music, you know, in the same circles. And so, you know, when I was a teenager, we all, all of us musicians kind of hung out together. And, um, I remember playing with them in a in a band and I I would write stuff that I would feel would have a good hook and they they would they would not like it because it had a good hook and therefore it was selling out you know and I was just thinking about that situation like how odd that they would go out of their way to to make sure for you know for the sake of their artistry that it um, that it didn't follow any sort of songwriting formula, making sure it didn't rhyme or making sure there wasn't a cadence to it. I mean, like all this different stuff. And it, as I've gotten older, and I, I was just thinking about it in depth for whatever reason that day, I was like, how, why is that? That is so weird, you know? And I remember um, 
catching back up to them later after, you know, within the past few years. And of course they know now that, you know, I've got a big pedal company and I, I mean, they didn't say anything, but I was thinking, I bet they think I'm the biggest sellout, you know, like, <laughs> like I've, I mean, in their, in their own terms and the way that they, that they view life, their paradigm, right. That yeah. they've probably, if I had to guess, they probably feel like I, you know, I'm a big sellout because I have a successful company now. And, you know, in the music uh, field and music career that, you know, maybe they really wanted, but they weren't willing to do the things necessary to get there. And um, it just, it was fascinating to me, the, the different, the different view of life on what makes, what makes a person successful in, in music in some way and what makes a person not successful, not across the board. So, I mean, there's not, there's no easy one, two, three step formula to build a pedal brand or to be a popular artist, right? We all know that. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a big degree of luck for sure. But um, I think there's also, there, I mean, for those who are lucky, generally those lucky people were busting their butts to get there. You know, <laughs> there was a hell of a lot of hard work to be lucky, you know? Oh and, yeah. Um, yes. It was just it was, it was fascinating to me just how how a person could think that selling out is just is the byproduct of becoming successful in something, and maybe it's not across the board, but with this particular person, it was. It's it's interesting. I mean, is that just a um, is that a criticism that is that? I mean, I guess it wasn't leveled directly at you. Some of this might be a little bit of Brian projecting thoughts, but. If if that is accurate, I mean, do you think it comes from just sort of a a little bit of a lack of understanding of of the nuts and bolts of how the industry works? Or I guess it's not just this industry; it's any industry. You know that classic uh, ten years to become an overnight success type of type of story. Um, it's I think I think some of like the selling out criticisms honestly come from most of the time come from people who don't really understand the details behind things. I know I certainly called a lot more people sellouts when I had absolutely literally no idea what I was even saying. Um, when I, you know, when I was a young kid, that band's a sellout, that band's a sellout. Like why they're a sellout because they made like a song with a little more melody (laughs) that makes them a sellout. I don't, right. That doesn't make them a sellout. That's ridiculous. It kind of reminds me of Foo Fighters. I mean, I so I, mean, I don't know if we you and I you and I have ever talked about it, but I freaking love the Foo Fighters. I mm-hmm. love Dave Grohl. Me too. Um, and and uh, like every album, that's that's one of the few few bands I can listen to every album, like just song after song after song after song. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the guy has got a way of writing hooks. He's mm-hmm. got a way with melody, a way of taking a, a simple guitar part. And making it sound like it's not a simple guitar part, uh, in a way of layering that stuff, and I'm sure that also has to do with songwriting and and ma- and uh, producing and all that stuff. But I mean, I know there's a lot of people that view the view the Foo Fighters as a sellout band, you know. And it, there's there's almost like this oh, this this feeling that if you, if a person likes a band that's popular or has made a lot of money, then it's wrong. Like there, there's some, there's some weird, there's something wrong about doing that. And I, I don't know why, why it feels that way. I think, I, I mean, I, I can only speak from personal experience and for, for me, it all comes back down to that, 
that punk rock thing. You know, the 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 punk rock ethos was always a, against all of that. That's kind of where it all started. Ironically, you know, it, it's become what it is. It's become hot topic and, and everything else um, commercialized, I guess you want to say. But at the same time, I, I feel like that's helped push the genre. Now we, we've got punk bands or punk influence bands today doing things that have never been never been heard before. So would any of those bands ever have, you know, gotten off to a start if some of those bigger, you know, emo bands from the, you know, the early 2000s hadn't had such an impact? Maybe not, you know, so can can quote unquote selling out be like a mass positive for the underground? I actually think it can be, which is a, a weird way to look at it. It is, yeah. I mean, it, and this this is something that translates to both podcasts and YouTube as well. I mean, <laughs> I've listened to podcasts before where, kind of like this one, I'm like, what are they just two people that are throwing a mic on their conversation? <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> or it's, yep. It's, it, as it turns out, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But I mean, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, I mean, pot. Not that this is the most successful podcast. I have no idea if it is or not, because uh, there's not like they don't send me a list of what all the podcasts are doing every month. So who knows, right? But um, I, I I do know that there's some there's some other podcasts out there that probably have le- less listens because they don't have as much feedback. For example, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe iTunes doesn't prioritize them as as high up or whatever. And there are other podcasts that are. You know, when you type in guitar podcast, it's the first one on, on your podcast app. And um, and the same thing with YouTube. I mean, you type in guitar, guitar pedals on YouTube, you know, there's some that are way up there and others that only have a handful of views. And I, I guess I've, I've never, I've never really considered that, not, I've never necessarily considered that those who have more popularity are selling out necessarily yeah i mean i think that's um i think that is a i think that is an it has to be coming from the punks i think i feel like the the even the word sellout probably came from them you know when it wasn't referring to selling out an arena (laughs) like selling out your soul in a weird way or something like that selling out your artistic integrity or, or something like that um I don't know. I think it can be done. I'm saying I think you can sell out. I'm not saying there are not there are not people who have sold out like in the true definition oh, of the word. It happens all the time. Yeah, there definitely are. I just yeah. don't think it's as common as what it's definitely not as common as what the accusation of it is. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, so what does it feel like having a, a podcast that's that's sold out, Blake? My, yeah, my podcast is sold out. <laughs> you can't download any more podcasts. <laughs> Sold out. Sorry, we'll I'm make sorry. some more. The- maybe, maybe I should rephrase that. What's it? What's it feel like being a podcaster sellout? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's uh, it's weird. You know what? We one thing we should bring up. Oh, by the way, I got really curious while we were doing that, and you may have heard me typing because I'm using a condenser mic, and I should use a dynamic. But um, I was curious what happened when you typed in guitar pedals into YouTube, and the first thing that comes up is a video from eight months ago, which is a beginner's guide to guitar effects pedals. From PMT VUK, uh, who I've never heard of before, but that that's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, so you just typed in guitar pedals. Let me see what I get. I bet I get a different result. Guitar pedals on YouTube, right? Okay, go for it. No, I get the same thing. 
PMT UK, 199,000 views. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I honestly thought it'd be That Pedal Show or Josh Scott. I did too. Let's see if we got to go. So um, we, we got... Uh, that Pedal Show is number three though. It is, oh, see, it's not for me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, this really? is, this yeah, is segueing have... into a different topic. Um, yeah, I, the next, hmm. the number three for me is Eight Awesome Effects Pedals for Electric Guitar by uh, Kafer. Uh, I can't remember how to say it. Oh, yeah, Kafer at Ocheyan or something like that. Yeah, that is number player, but... one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's number eight on my list. Interesting. Let's see. What's it number is. four so for it's... you? So, so YouTube has decided that you and I like different things, Blake. Yeah, that's. You said number four. Yeah, give me you number said number four. four for me. Yeah, for you. That's that. That's the Rob Scallion video that I was a part of, the world's largest pedal board. Uh, mine is also a Rob Scallion video, but it's making beautiful music with a shovel and a bunch of guitar pedals. So that is very interesting. Mm. We're getting v- yep. similar, but and then I'm JHS after results. that. After that, after that, that's uh, fifty dollars pedals that don't suck by JHS. I, I don't have okay. Got I got down. Let's see how many is this. Not counting the ad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven down is the world's largest pedal board with Rob, and then eight is my guitar rig essentials with JHS, which is that is very interesting, huh? Hmm. It's funny to me that like this algorithm that. is showing me all this stuff. I don't follow, I'm not subscribed to most of these. I'm subscribed to Rob, I'm subscribed to JHS, I'm subscribed to Rhett Scholl, but like most of them that I'm being shown in this, when I type this, I'm not necessarily subscribed to, which is interesting, to say the least. same here. Um, I mean, I I, honestly, I don't really subscribe to a lot of guitar channels because I, I use that channel to watch like me and my family do. So there's all kinds of, crap on there right mm-hmm. um because it's it's the one that has that has the youtube the uh, all crap red where you pay for youtube yeah, yeah youtube red yeah mm-hmm. thank you so it's the one that we've we've paid to get rid of the ads so we can watch it on tv <laughs> gotcha so so that's got that's got all different types of stuff on it it's probably like i don't know i'm sure there's gaming stuff and there's probably whatever 13 year old makeup tutorials or whatever <laughs> goat videos whatever yeah right goat videos mm-hmm. yeah goat farming arduino stuff <laughs> <laughs> making platforms go up and down all kinds of things right <laughs> so but on my uh i have another i have a couple different accounts that i like i use everything for a different account so my only guitar based stuff is a totally different account but i'm not logged into it right now and i can't because i got google windows open and it'll mess it up sorry yeah it's like we're podcasting or something so i know i know i know i know i know so anyways yeah so that was weird so, i didn't so, expect so we've to get learned, into that but here we are so we've learned that that google and youtube um has declared that you and i like different types of videos but only slightly probably shouldn't be but, but slightly and that um, we shouldn't be subscribed to the people they want to... I'm sorry, that we're probably not subscribed to the majority of people that they're going to recommend to us. Yeah, kind of weird. But hey, I am, or maybe the assumption it, on their algorithm is, oh, they're already subscribed to this. Why would I show them this? Maybe that's the thought. I don't know. Weird. Mm, I don't know. Good question. Well, why don't you call up the folks over there at YouTube? I know you got connections over there and ask them what's going on. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm pretty big in the YouTube world, you know. I mean, because I've got, you know, so much going on for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. Um, no, I know no one at, at YouTube, actually. I don't uh, either. Not one person. Nobody. Hmm. Not one person. No one's ever invited me to VidCon either. Kind of hurt, actually. I don't really care, but... Um, <laughs> I'm kind of hurt, you know? actually. I don't care. <laughs> That's a good way to get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't really consider myself a YouTuber, you know, like I, I have a YouTube channel, but it's, uh, I'm not relying on that to make money, you know? Yeah. I mean? No, I get it. It's more for, more for fun. So, all right then, that's probably a good place to end this week. All right. Works for me. Talk to you next week, folks. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Tome podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns... You can email me at podcast at wamplerpedals.com. That gets directly to me. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, bandmates, and others into guitar type of podcasts. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is just to go to the iTunes store or whatever podcast app you're using and leave us a positive review. Uh, not a negative review. That doesn't help. You can also check out Wampler Pedals at our website, which is oddly enough at wamplerpedals.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.